Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place. It is finished indeed. As we turn to God's Word this morning, let's open our Bibles to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. We're going to read a portion of this chapter together and just uh, get a sense of what Jesus is talking to his disciples about here. John chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 to 17 together as we uh, enter into this time. Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Amen. Are you connected to the vine? Are you fed by the vine? Held by the vine? Are you bearing fruit? Being pruned? Growing? Is Jesus the center and source of your life? Everything you are? Or is he just a part of you? A piece? One fragment of a life filled with busyness and responsibilities? Is Jesus your source? This morning we're going to be continuing our journey through the book of John. Studying the gospel, the hope and life held out to us in Jesus. And we're starting to come to the end of that journey a little bit as we approach Palm Sunday and Easter. Kind of the focal point of this whole study, the sacrifice that made us whole. And our theme through this whole year has been yesterday, today, and forever. And we've, we've, 
wanted to understand what it means that our God is unchanging. That His love is unchanging. That His holiness is unchanging. His purpose is unchanging. His mission and heart to restore us is unchanging from the beginning of time to the end. Our God is the same. He is faithful and true, holy and just, and He will never fail. We started our journey back in the fall looking at the stories of the individuals in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, who walked with God. The things they experienced of who God is, what He is like, who we are in relation to Him. The story of Adam and Noah, Moses and Joshua, David and Solomon. And through their flawed and broken journeys, we saw glimpses of God's purposes for us. His heart for us, His mission and His plan and His nature. We saw who He was revealing Himself to be and we saw what He was pointing us toward. That it all pointed to Jesus. The law, the prophets, the sacrifices, the temple, it all revealed God's glory and love for His people in the world and at the same time, it pointed to something far greater to come. There was this anticipation all through the Old Testament, through the stories and the teachings, the records and the histories and the prayers and the poems that God was doing something, that everything that He was doing, as incredible as it was, was all just pointing forward to something more. To someone more. Someone who could reveal God's truth and nature, His love and grace and salvation completely. Pointing to Jesus. Who Jesus is. What Jesus is. The perfect sacrifice. The Son of God. The Word. The Messiah. The way. The truth. And the life. Salvation and new life. Here, today, and forever. So here in this passage in chapter 15, we see Jesus revealing to us just what that life is meant to look like. The kind of relationship and connection that that He desires with us. And it's more than we can imagine. So we've been exploring the story of Jesus, the things that, that, that He said, the things that He did, the people that He cared about and spent time with. The things that he thought were important. That he tried to show us about who God is. About who we are and what he wants for us. And we've been walking through his story kind of chapter by chapter. Understanding more and more what the gospel looks like. What this message of hope and salvation means in real life for real people. And it's been an extraordinary journey. A challenging journey. Journey as familiar as many of these stories might be, if you've been around the church for any length of time, I always find that I am so challenged the more I look at Jesus. The more I 
spend time with him, the more I learn and I know about him, it feels like almost the less I feel I understand. Because he is so contrary to everything I naturally am. Everything he thinks, everything he cares about, the way he looks at things is so different than what I would see. And I can't help but just be in awe of who he is. This life he talks about, I want that. What he is offering, it's incredible. Next week we're going to be jumping back in the story just a little bit. On Palm Sunday we're going to jump back to John chapter 12, the story of the triumphal entry of the people waving branches and Praising this king come to save them. Riding on a donkey. The beginning of Holy Week. And this journey to the, to the cross. And the contrast of the celebrations and then the conviction. Waving palm branches to shaking fists. And the revelation of God's salvation for us. But here in this passage, we are again with Jesus and his disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper. On the night that he would be betrayed and arrested. It's this incredibly tense and emotional time as they eat the Passover meal together and then Jesus washes their feet. And then he begins to tell them these Huge and difficult things that he was going to be leaving them. That he would even be betrayed by one of them in that very room. That they were going to abandon him. His closest and most dedicated followers listening to these terrible things. It was awful and they're concerned and confused and upset. So Jesus is trying to comfort them and remind them of what He is doing. And help them see what is coming and what He wants for them. In chapter 14, as He begins that, He reminds them that He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. They have not put their hope in the wrong place. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He will be with them. And he's going to come back and he's going to take them to be where he is. And he promises them the Holy Spirit. His presence, God's presence with them. Even though he's leaving, they will not be alone. And then at the end of the chapter, Jesus actually reveals that he is a Baptist. I don't know if you knew this. Just like us. He says to them, come now, let us leave. And then he continues talking for another three chapters. He must be a Baptist because no Baptist has ever left a service or potluck on the first try. There's at least three follow-up conversations after the first goodbye. So kids, sorry you're not even here anymore, but uh, your parents are just following the example of Jesus when they talk forever after church. Sorry about that. But Jesus is reminding his disciples of the things that he has taught and promised them. Encouraging them and giving them confidence in the faith that they have placed in him. It was not a mistake. And when they see the things that are about to happen, 
They don't need to be afraid. He is who he said he is. And he will do what he has said he will do. And now, he wants to take them deeper. He wants them to see him in a new way. To know him in a new way. Not just as a teacher, a leader, their master. He wants to be their life. John 15, 1, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. Can you see it? His eyes, the intensity, and the love in that upper room. It's dark and it's lit by oil lamps and he's looking from disciple to disciple as he says these things, trying to help them see. Hoping that they understand. No branch can bear fruit by itself, he says. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is the vine. And we are just the branches. He is the source. He gives us life. And we are meant to take and to share it. This is the kind of relationship that Jesus wants with us. The kind of life He desires for us. This is our purpose. What we were created for. Not just to do our best and try to be good. To try to build our own thing. To try to make the best of this life. To wander around looking for something we don't even know what. We were made to be with Him. In Him. Completely one with our Creator. Found, known, loved, held by Him. He is the vine and we are the branches and we were never meant to try to find life outside of Him. Jesus desires for us the same kind of relationship that He has with His Father. Can we imagine that? In chapter 17, he prays for us and he says, My prayer is not for them alone, for his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you. Look around this room right now. He's talking to us. May they also be in us. Jesus says to his Father, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one, as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. What a challenge, what a promise, what a desire. You can see almost how hard it is even for Jesus to describe just how deep of a connection He desires us to have with Him, with His Father, and with one another. We don't see, we don't understand. He wants us to love Him and one another just like He and His Father do. Our sin has destroyed our understanding of relationship and connection so completely. Every relationship we have is so filled with insecurity and selfishness and competition and tension. Even with the people we love the most and are closest to, we fight and we hurt and we fail. And none of this was ever supposed to be. Because we were not created to be vines, individual, separated, supporting ourselves, carrying the weight ourselves, feeding ourselves. We were created to be branches, connected to Him, the source, who provides everything we need. The vine holds the branch. We don't need to fear falling away, being strong enough or good enough on our own, wandering and searching for life somewhere else. The vine holds us firm, fast, fixed with Him. If we yield to Him, submit to Him, trust Him, We don't need to be strong enough on our own because He is strong enough to hold on to us. Through the storms, through the winds that blow us, the earthquakes that shake us, whatever happens in life, the vine holds us firm. The vine feeds us. Provides everything we need for life and hope. And fulfillment, Jesus is the source of every good thing and His life is ours. His connection to the Father is shared with us, the Creator of the universe, sustaining us, pouring into us, filling us with life and hope, strength and compassion, mission and purpose and truth. We so easily wander Looking for fulfillment in other things, in other places. Looking to be fed by other things. Things that we can control. Money and comfort. Entertainment and distraction. Buying things and wearing things and eating things and doing things that we think will make us feel okay. That make us feel anything. Even just for a moment. Even if we feel gross later and empty. 
when the true source of nourishment and fulfillment is Jesus himself, the vine. The work and outpouring of the Spirit in our lives, the Word spoken and read into our hearts, filling our minds with Scripture and truth, worshiping and prayer, giving us life. Is that how you're fed? Is that what you hunger for? Is that where you find life in the vine? In connection with Jesus? Is that what you pursue, what you're drawn to? Because what we fill our hearts and our minds with, our lives with, is the fruit that we will bear. And Jesus wants us to bear good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Life with Jesus, held by Jesus, fed by Jesus, bringing out love and joy, peace and patience in our lives, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, humility, servant-heartedness, generosity, care. Our world promotes self-care. Self-love. Putting yourself first. And the fruit of the world is selfishness and fear, inadequacy, competition, manipulation, jealousy. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Are you giving people hope, life, encouragement? Or are you using them to fill yourself, taking from them to feed yourself? Jesus holds us, feeds us, and brings out his truth in our lives. And that doesn't just happen automatically. Jesus in this passage doesn't just tell us these wonderful, encouraging things. He also has two warnings and challenges for us of what happens if we don't allow Him to work, if we aren't connected to the vine, and if we don't bear fruit by His Spirit. First, He tells us that we will be pruned. Branches connected to the vine that the Father loves that he cares about, that he wants to grow, need to be pruned. And that pruning is not comfortable. It's not necessarily a pleasant experience. But not everything that grows in your life should be there. And some of it needs to be removed, cut off, thrown away. It can be a violent and even painful process as God cuts away things that hold us back from growing in the ways that He desires us to grow. Removing dead things, broken things, sick things, and sometimes even good things that are just growing in the wrong place 
or that he doesn't need there because each of us is growing in our own way. Each branch looks different in the kingdom of God. My life won't look like yours and your life won't look like someone else's. We're all being pruned to grow exactly as God wants us to, to bear the fruit that he wants you to bear, to have the impact and bless the world around you in your unique way. It's a beautiful process, but often not an easy one. Because some of the things that God removes really hurt. Some of them had grown pretty deep in our lives, in our hearts. They were deep parts of our identity in our life, and God needs to root them out so that we can be healed. That we can be made healthy, made whole. To grow in the directions He desires. And we need to walk together as we share that journey. Believers, followers of Jesus, the church, together, caring for one another, loving each other. God uses His Spirit, His Word, and His church to prune us. As we walk together and care for one another, we teach and challenge and love each other. We'll see that process happen together as a church. We'll grow together. That we can live out that command He gave us in verse 17. Love each other. But against these amazing promises and this beautiful picture of life in the vine, there is another challenge. A dire warning that branches that bear no fruit or lay on the ground disconnected to the vine will be thrown away and burned. And while it's easy to see this as a vindictive punishment as is often characterized in the world around us, this angry God that just wants to hurt us, It's really a simple acknowledgement of reality that there is no life to be found outside of Jesus. Everything we try to do on our own, everything we try to build, every place we try to find life outside of Him will leave us dry and broken, lost and alone. Hurt and empty. There is no other place to find life. He is the vine. He is the source. He is what we were created for. He is all that we were created for. What all of this was created for. And He is the only way. Jesus does not want to be a part of your life. Something that we just... Stick off to the side. He needs to be the source of your life. The foundation and root of everything you are and everything you do. Holding you firm. Feeding your soul. And bringing out this incredible fruit to bring life to those around you. I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he is offering you everything. 
Are you connected to the vine? This morning we celebrate communion. The reason we can be connected. The forgiveness and grace brought, bought for us by the blood of Jesus that we can enjoy this new life that he is talking about here. This connection. So we walk through this together. I encourage you to pray through this. To invite Jesus again to connect you more deeply again. Invite him to prune those things that need to be removed. As painful as that process might be, he wants us to grow. He wants what's best for us and we need to allow him to do his work. I'll invite our servers to come up this morning. And as we say, uh, you can make your way up as an individual. If you're here with friends or with family, we'd invite you to send up a representative on your behalf to gather the elements for you. But as we walk through this time, let's celebrate. As difficult as that is with what we have done and what Jesus had to do for us, let's celebrate that we can be connected to the vine again. And let's invite him to give us that hunger to be fed by him. To produce fruit in keeping with his spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you and we say thank you. We say thank you that you are the vine, that you have provided the way for us to be connected. Father, we bow before you and we ask your forgiveness again for our sin and selfishness, for our insecurities and the ways that we try to find this life on our own. Try to build it for ourselves, to be fed by anything and everything other than you. Help us to hunger for your word, for worship, for fellowship and community, to hunger for prayer, to care for one another. And God, that the fruit that you would bring out of that would be a blessing to the world around us, that they would see the life that Jesus offers. As we take communion together this morning, God, we again ask your forgiveness and we thank you that you are gracious and merciful. God, we want to grow. We want to know you. We want to live in you. We pray that you would help us to see that now in Jesus' name. Amen.